Uh, Abba Father, I love you and I thank you for this morning, the absolute beauty of this day. Your created world speaks of your invisible character and love that is undeniable. Absolutely. Would you bless? Open up our hearts. Get us ready to learn more about faith, understand ourselves and what you're, you're seeking to accomplish in our lives. Thank you for the grace and the sanity of faith and hope and love. In Jesus' name, amen. I look over and I see you all. I have been praying for you this week. Boy, I've been praying for you all. It is no accident that you're here. Uh, I know the Lord's going to speak. What is faith? Well, it's the assurance of things hoped for. It's the conviction of things not seen. And without it, you can't please God. Without faith, there's, a, there's something damaged in your relationship with your creator. Something's not right. But if you do believe that he is, he exists, and you want to pursue him, you've got to chase after him. You've got to go after him. And you've got to believe, and this is a tough con- concept for all of us who are really into performance-based things. He really does reward you. There is a reward for faith. We have hope. Now sometimes that, that, there's a stinger there because we want our reward right here, right now on planet Earth. Right now, I want my reward. I want to see it. Uh, you know, David in Psalm 73 was struggling with this idea of faith and a reward. And he says, Lord, I look about me and the people who are the most wicked get the most the most friends and the best parties and they're prospering and they're wicked and here I am giving my life in full devotion to you and I'm sacrificing myself and I've got it so bad. That's not fair. David really struggled with that. It's all in Psalm 73 and once he kind of unloads and vents on God, and by the way, it's okay to vent on him, all right? You're not going to rattle his cage. The throne's not going to teeter if you get honest with God and oh, maybe it's going to go. No, he is absolutely okay with you being honest. And then he loops around and he goes, you know what? I got this thing figured out. Who have I in heaven but you? And besides you, I have nothing on earth. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my life and my portion forever. God rewards faith. Faith is real. Let's dig into some faith stories Now, what I want you to do is to try to see yourself in these simple stories. Just try to see yourself inside this stuff. Getting into a boat, Jesus crossed over the sea and came to his own city. And they brought to him a paralytic lying on a bed. Seeing their faith, and these are the four men that carried their friend. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralytic, take courage, son. Your sins are forgiven. And some of the scribes said to themselves, This fellow blasphemes. And Jesus, knowing their thoughts, can I just say real quick that you can't really hide much from him? Okay, just a footnote. Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, Why are you thinking evil in your hearts? Which is easier to say your sins are forgiven or to say, Get up and walk? but so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. Then he said to the paralytic, Get up, pick up your bed, and go home. And he got up and went home. How's that? 
But when the crowd saw this, they were awestruck and glorified God, who had given such authority to men. Wow. Uh, question, you ready? Pop quiz. How is it that Jesus sees the faith of the four friends and yet calls the paralytic man, take courage, son, your sins are forgiven? What's the connection? You would think it would say, Jesus, seeing his faith, said to him, son, your sins are forgiven. But it says he sees their faith. What do you think? They're the ones that brought him. He couldn't get their own sins. Yeah. Yeah. Their faith. Sure. Sure. Anybody else? Rick? There's also an element that that paralyzed man allowed the friends to take him. That's what I was looking for. Evidently, he didn't protest. Evidently, he was at the end uh, of resources available. And by the way, did you know there were many magicians working in that day, culturally? There were miracle workers and magicians of a variety of sorts, and they would try to perform magic. And I'm sure the guy tried something to write his situation, and it didn't happen. But evidently, these four guys said, hey, Hey, buddy, come on. We want to take you to this man, the Nazarene. We're hearing reports about him. Can we do this for you? And you comply. Yeah. Yeah. So there was a real faith dynamic between the four friends, which Dave mentioned, but also in the paralytic who was willing to let those friends help. You guys ready for another another? little moment when it kind of comes together. Do you know sometimes when you're emotionally paralyzed? Let's try to make the jump to our world. You're emotionally paralyzed. You're mentally paralyzed. You're spiritually paralyzed. And certainly in cases when we're physically paralyzed, it's okay to get some help from friends. Right? It's okay to get help. In fact, when you become paralyzed for a variety of reasons and you isolate, that's a recipe for what? Yeah. It's just going to exacerbate the situation, right? It's okay to have friends. It's okay to have friends that help. And it's okay to come to the end of yourself and you realize, you know, this thing's bigger than me. This thing's way bigger than me. I need some friends. I need, I need. And boy, the kind of friends, how about this? The kind of friends that know how to take you to the right person to take you to Jesus. Did you notice, and, and bear, with, bear with me, they took him to Jesus. They didn't take him to sticky fingers. You know, life's hard. Let's just, just let's do some shots. Let's just get some tequila in us and, you know, some vodka and couple shots and you know, so what? You're paralyzed. We all have our issues, don't we? Just take a few shots. It'll make it better, you know. Or let's go get some of that Palestinian weed. It's really, it's a good crop, you know. I feel better, you know. Camel weed is the best, you know. They took, the friends took him to Jesus. Wow. Good stuff. Where are you in that story? Do you see yourself in the story? Where are you in the story? Are you a friend? You want to take somebody where they need to go? You feel like you're on a, on a mat and you're paralyzed? Or you're just watching the show? Or 
you're, boy, I hope not, but you're the person who thinks that you can pass, uh, pass spiritual moral judgment on the things of God. Like you know more about God than God does. Sometimes things are bigger than us and we need faith. How about this one? You ready to dig in? Check this out. I received this from a friend. And I realize it's probably hard to read, so let's zoom in. Okay? That's the upper part of the page. Try to fish some things out. I'm going to ask you a question. about this one. This is the mid-page. You getting it? You getting it, Janice? You're seeing it? No. Okay. You see it, Ben? What's going on? Seeing it? How about this last one? These are the notes. This, this is the note that a dad wrote to speak at his 17-year-old's funeral. This is from Thomas James, a dear friend of me and Lisa from years ago. And his 17-year-old son, track star, good guy, Christian. Brian is like the, you know, the kid you want to have, right? On the way home, lost control of the vehicle, crashing, fire. And the dad scrambled around and, and tried to put his heart on paper and came up with these notes and preached at his son's funeral. Sometimes there are things going on in our lives that are bigger than we are. And we need faith. We need faith. Okay. How about this story? This is this is amazing. Um, that the arrow that you see there by Syria, that's pointing to an area where you have you have Sidon and Tyre, and it is the Syro-Phoenician area. It's, it's a coastal area. It's just below Syria. It's a coastal region. It's very much a Greek area. This is not. We're not close to Palestine. We're on the edge of northeast Galilee and some Jewish influence there a little bit. This is totally a pagan area. That's like you're on the edge of Chicago, the edge of New York, the edge of San Francisco. This is a totally Greek area. right? And a lot of Greek influence. Now watch this story. Watch what happens here. Jesus got up and went away from there to the region of Tyre. And when he had entered a house, he wanted no one to know of it. By the way, sometimes it's good to kind of, Frank, to kind of ratchet down a bit, huh? And to know when to keep things quiet. Yet he could not escape notice. But after hearing of him, a woman whose little daughter had an unclean spirit immediately came and fell at his feet. Notice the redundancy. Now, the woman was a Gentile, and if you're reading the Greek text, it would say Greek. 
she's Hellenistic, of the Syrophoenician race. And she kept asking him to cast the demon out of her daughter. And he was saying to her, let the children be satisfied first, for it's not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. But she answered and said to him, yes, Lord. But even the dogs under the table feed on the children's crumbs. And he said to her, because of this answer, go. The demon has gone out of your daughter. And going back to her home, she found the child lying on the bed, the demon having left. Wow. Faith. Now there's some things here that we've got to dig at to really appreciate what's happening. Okay. If, if you've got some Greek ears, you're going to pick up on something. By the way, the NIV misses it. The ESV misses it. Not all the tra- translations pick this up. NAS does a pretty good job here. Let me read it the way the Greek is intending it to be read. Verse 26. Now the woman was a Gentile of the Syrophoenician race, and she kept asking over and over and over again. It's an imperfect tense verb. She keeps on asking. And guess what? Same tense. It's an imperfect tense. And Jesus kept on saying again and again and again. So it's going to be something like this. Jesus, would you please come heal my daughter? And Jesus said, look, it's not right to give the bread that belongs to children to dogs. And she's going, would you please come heal my daughter? And he goes, it's not right to give the bread of children to dogs. Would you please come heal my daughter? And Jesus says, you don't give bread of children to dogs. And that exchange went on and on until finally something clicks. And, And literally the word, and she answered, it means she begins to speak from reasoning. It's like, click. She gets it. He's not trying to be mean to me and call me a dog. Which would be rude, right? And by the way, do you know what Jews call Gentiles? Dogs. <laughs> That's exactly what they did. And so this is not a new idea to her, to be called a dog when you're around Jews. That, that was a cultural norm. And, and do you think white people think they're better than black people? Do we have little, little ideas that put people in their place, maybe below us? We have little words that describe that. Or there are black people that think they're better than white people. Or, or maybe Mexicans don't like the blacks. And maybe blacks don't like the Mexicans. And the whites can't stand the whites. And we're not going to bring up the Democrats and the Republicans because they're all crazy. You know. Sometimes we, we struggle with people. Sometimes we like to say things that put people in their place. Please hear me. Jesus is not being mean to this woman. He's not being rude. In fact, the word that he uses for a dog is an inside pet, not an outside street dog. It could even mean a lap dog, a puppy, is what he's saying. It's really softer language than what the, the, um, the English text is giving to us. So she keeps on asking, please come here, my, heal my daughter. I've heard these things about you. Would you please do this? And he's saying, it's not right to give the bread of children to dogs. 
even lap dogs. And that exchange goes back and forth. And finally, she begins to answer from reasoning. And she goes, yes, that's true. That happens in my house. <laughs> you don't take good food for humans and give it to dogs. You feed the humans. Yes. But even the dogs under the table feed on the crumbs of the children. And this is what Jesus was looking for. Faith. Because of this well-reasoned answer. Go. The demon has gone out of your daughter. Of all the parables that Jesus taught, this is the only one. And Edie, it's a Gentile woman who gets it. Not a Jewish woman. Sometimes these Gentiles can outsmart the Jews on what this thing is of the kingdom of God. This, she's the only one that ever got inside a parable and answered from the inside perspective. She's the only one in all the Gospels. She got it. Yes. But even dogs can feed on the crumbs that fall off the table. Where do you see faith in this? What's that? Yeah, yeah. And how about Jesus not letting her get away with it either? And he kept saying it right back. They're both in perfect tense verbs. He's really pushing her. He's trying to push her to the place where she can discover faith. What happens if you make faith easy on your kids? What, anybody here do allowances? You do the allowance thing? Are they required to do uh, chores to get the allowance? Or do you just give them the allowance because they're your offspring? What's that? And girl, why? What would that teach them? Absolutely. That's what Jesus is doing with her. He's making her fire up the front lobes and let's really think critically about this thing. And something amazing happens. And she gets it gets inside the story and sees herself embedded in it. Rick? You have another situation, again, with a Gentile, and that's the Roman centurion, who, whose faith was, Jesus, you don't need to come to my servant, because I yeah. understand the yeah. Lord. Yes, yes, Lord. yes, exactly. In fact, Rick, um, what kind of faith did Jesus say he had? He had more faith than he had seen in all of Israel. Ooh, do you think that was an offensive idea? That's real offensive because the Jews somehow thought they had a monopoly on, on, on God and access to him through Torah. And to say a Gentile dog had greater faith than an obedient Jew, ooh, that's a slap in the face. Yeah, Jesus is turning culture on its head. Yes, exactly. But what's interesting about this also is that um, from a cultural perspective, she was thinking that she didn't deserve faith. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that there actually had to be an action. Yeah. And for us as uh, Americans uh, and the way that we see things culturally, we don't understand that faith is sometimes just asking once yeah. and then waiting. Or, or apparently not asking at all if you're willing to be carried by four friends. Like we don't have to come on our knees begging. Well, then accepting the answer. Because sometimes the answer is... Very clear and yeah. very simple. Yeah. But we think that our faith has to cost us something. Yeah. 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 
So yeah. what, what does that cost? Yes, yes. Jesus, um, what did he say about the kind of faith that a Pharisee would have? The, these people, they love me with their lips, but where's their heart? Two men go to the temple to pray. The first one's a Pharisee, the second one's a publican. You know what a publican is? They're the dirty, rotten, stinking Jewish tax collectors, all right? And everybody knows they're cheats. They're turncoats. Nobody likes them. And the Pharisees look in and, Lord, I am so glad that I'm this and that, and I do all my religious disciplines, and I tithe, and I fast twice a week, and all these things. But that guy, I am so glad I'm not like him. And, but this, this publican who does not engage in a Jewish, a common Jewish posture of prayer, hands up, eyes open, look into the sky. He doesn't do that. That's the way the Pharisee would pray. Hands up, eyes up, eyes open, looking up. Instead, he bows his head and he just keeps hitting himself in the chest. God have mercy on me, a sinner. God have mercy on me, a sinner. When it's real, it works. But when it's just a religious game, uh, it, it's you just jumping through hoops. Yeah. Yes. All right, you're the body of Christ. I have one more story to share, but I want to hand it over to you first. You're the body of Christ. These two stories. The paralyzed man being willing to be carried and this... Uh, this woman is a Gentile from Syrophoenicia. You're the body of Christ. From your gifts, give wisdom and counsel. How do you deal with someone that's questioning, doubting, struggling with faith, uh, thinks maybe that they're not worth carrying on a pallet? They're not worth the stretcher they're lying on. Or maybe they're desperate and they realize, I have no one else but Jesus. How would we live this out? What are your thoughts? Chris. Yes, sir. Yeah, isn't that beautiful? Yeah. Acceptance. That's awesome. Yeah. 
And uh, I know you know this, Tim, and thank you for speaking wisdom. The paralytic, how long has it been since he's been to church? He hadn't, right. I mean, if you're, if you're diseased or damaged, your body's damaged, you're disqualified from going to synagogue. And he says, son, son, your sins are forgiven. How encouraging would that be? To hear son or daughter, that'd be beautiful. Yeah. So, Janice, yes. I think in having faith and practicing faith, first it takes some action. Because in each of these stories, her action was to continue asking until she was able to ask in the right way or ask with reason. In the story of the paralytic, they needed to take action and take him there to show that they had their faith. So I think that the faith comes with action. Yeah, you speak from Jane's perspective. Faith without works is dead. Just because you ascend to an idea doesn't mean it's faith. I can walk into McDonald's and it doesn't make me a hamburger. Yes, sir. When I listen to these stories, it reminds me that the people getting healed have simple requests for God to do. But he loved them more than they even knew of themselves. Mm-hmm and healed them in ways that they didn't even understand until it was revealed to them. Mm. So for her, she wanted at first for the demon to go out of her daughter. But in the end, not only did that happen, she also acquired faith. Yes. Yes. And then I think also the man who was lame at the well, Jesus asked challenging things, but I think when you're suffering, he loves you and wants the best for you, but he's probably also giving you instruction as well. He's trying Mm. to show you something. Yes, you're, you're very wise, Philip. The man that was crippled for 38 years. Talk about Jesus being a psychotherapist. Do you know what he asked him? Do you remember the question? Do you want to get better? <laughs> you think there's some therapeutic smarts in that one, Frank? Boy, there's some people, they don't want to get better. No, 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 no. I like my mat. <laughs> I like my mat. <laughs> Yes, keep going. In, in different aspects mm-hmm. of our lives. Yes. Sometimes we're helping people to get to where they need to go. Sometimes, because of issues that we struggle with, we're the one on the mat. Yeah. yeah. But what happens is, is that because we as Christians <clears throat> shoot the wounded, yeah. um, we are afraid when we're laying on the mat to say, hey, Chris, hey, Joni, hey, Dave, That's where we struggle as Christians, as believers, because we want that faith, but we need someone to encourage us in in our faith, but because of the discouragement that we provide for each other, Mm. we limit limit the glory of Christ. Mm. Yeah, that's so good, Frank. When I got a text this morning from Bruce... He was telling me what he and Janice had to do this morning. I was tired just reading it. <laughs> what they've got to deal with. And then he ended his text by saying, he said, we need each other. And I said, yes, yes, we do. Yeah. You know, it's okay to say, um, 
hey, my name is Chris Perry and I have needs. Or my, my name is, you know, Susie Q. It's okay to say that I have needs. It is okay. Rich? And humility. Yeah. And then, and then her persistence, I just read that and I think, we've almost been programmed not to persist too long, yeah. to accept the what appears to be a no as a no, and just move on and not bother the Lord about it anymore because to continue is just wanting what we want instead of understanding that Evie, that's so good. Tim, um, she got down at his feet just like a little dog underfoot, huh? Just like a puppy. Rick? Uh, another parable that Jesus uses, the woman who came, came to the judge. Yes. Because of her persistence. Yeah. The judge said, you're wearing me out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, that's so good, yes. Um, this reminds me a lot of the way that uh, if you hand a hungry person a fish, you help them now, but if you teach them a fish, they can Yes. Later. Um, yes. Not only is, is Jesus helping them now, but he's also providing situations where we learn to be more faithful next time. Yes. And boy, and that's so Jesus. He wants to build faith in us. Edie, um, do you remember how Jesus handled the rich young ruler? Hey, I want to be saved. I want to be included in the kingdom. What do I need to do to be saved? And Jesus, again, saw, saw right through it all and says, okay. Um, sell everything you have and, and give it to the poor and come follow me and you're in. And his response was what? Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. As opposed to saying, no, 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 come on. No, I, I, I want to be saved. I want to be in. I want to be in. Okay, sell out. Sell out. Mm, I, I want to be in. What can I do to get in? Um, sell out. I want to get in. I want to sell out. He doesn't even go hard after Jesus. He just hears it one time and says, oh, Okay. So, which reveals what's really most important to him. So the fact is that she's unrelenting. Tells you where her heart is. And she's willing to fall down uh, like a little puppy in her foot. Yes, sir. Talk about somebody worth having faith in. 
I love how you unwrap that, and I've heard it done once before, but it's wonderful because he's talking to her in the language of Greek, right? Their language is reason and life. Yes. And this is how they learn. He never does this with Jewish minds because they don't think that. Yeah. He takes her to where he wants her to go, talk in her language, and go into where she is instead of, you know, yeah. blowing up on her. And you've got to become like a Jew to become, mm-hmm. to get my, uh, to get my yeah. he, he goes to her and, re- and through reason teaches her what he wants her to understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That's so good, Joe. So, so without answering this, now it's rhetorical. <laughs> okay, how's your faith? You've got faith. Is it real? Is it solid? Is Jesus a nice idea? <laughs> you know, you can ascend to these wonderful ideals of Jesus and His kingdom, or is your faith organic? It's dirt under the fingernails. It's, it's you're willing to fall at His feet and worship. It's you're willing to hold the ropes for a friend, the faith ropes for a friend, or you're willing to get on the faith mat. You know, how's your faith? Are you trying to take your friends to places that are kind of a substitute for Jesus? You know? Self-medicating? <laughs> you know how we do that sometimes? Daniel? Tuesday looked like in her village when this girl who had been demon possessed, this man who had been paralyzed for who knows how long, and she's a Gentile, she's probably surrounded by Gentiles, she's surrounded by yeah. the second rate citizens. Yeah, now, very much a pagan city, absolutely. But now her her faith in <coughs> Jesus and this, this Jewish guy who's professing this that was unreachable to them before has now been shown How does that ripple through her community? How does that, I think, in, and we look for how to share our, share your faith with people, how to evangelize, how to do all that, and that's, and especially now, there's, there's so much spouting off, and I think even genuinely trying to, to share Jesus with people, a lot of people just, it's just spouting off, it's just, just empty words because there's so many empty words but that if, if we look for opportunities to share Jesus with people it's the most effective opportunities that I've seen are in our faith in action mm-hmm. there's yeah there's uh, and it's a, just a neat kind of connecting the dots
people in this body, mm -hmm. then I should probably say something. This was kind of off the wall, but I feel led to say something following yes. that. Yes. There are people so separated from her specific situation that took steps of faith to share, and that's rippling to just random people that she's interacting with. Mm -hmm. So if, if you're going to get inside these stories, here's some ways we can apply this to life. Number one, you're either taking people to Jesus or you're not. Okay? The way you live your life and your influence, you're either carrying folk to him, talking about him, or you're not. Or you're just sitting on the sidelines watching, waiting for, you, for your moment to be a critic of religion or something like that. Or, or you're at a place in your life regarding faith when you've got to say, you know what? It's time for me to ask my friends for some help. And to accept it. Yeah. Or maybe you're the person and you need to say, you know what? I've been, I, I've been kind of toying with my faith and, and, and just kind of cheap, the cheap faith kind of like cultural faith. Like, I go to church because mom and dad told me to kind of faith. You know, and not the faith that you own. And it's time for me to really chase hard after Jesus and be willing to fall at his feet and try to understand his heart. Now, one more story, and I, I, I've got to deal with this. Listen to this. Jesus presented, let me back up here again. Jesus presented another parable to them saying the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while his men were sleeping, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went away. But when the wheat sprouted and bore grain, then the tares became evident also. The slaves of the landowner came and said to him, Sir, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have tares? And he said to them, an enemy has done this. The slave said to him, do you want us then to go and gather them up? But he said, no, for while you are gathering up the tares, you may uproot the wheat with them. Allow both to go together until the harvest. And in the time of the harvest, I will say to the reapers, first gather up the tares and bind them in bundles to burn them up. But gather the wheat into my barn. It's a parable. Now we have, there are two occasions in which Jesus gives a parable and knows that it is of such importance that he actually gives his own explanation of it. And when you read the explanation, you understand why. If you have ears to hear, you better hear. And this is what he says. Then he left the crowds and went into the house and his disciples came to him and said, explain to us the parable of the tares of the field. Jesus, we don't get it. And he said to the one, and he said, the one who sows the good seed is the son of man. Who is that? That's Jesus, right, that's him. And the field is the world. And as for the good seed, these are the sons of the kingdom. And the tares are the sons of the evil one. 
And the enemy who sowed them is the devil. Now do you get what's going on? And the harvest is the end of the age. And the reapers are angels. So just as the tares are gathered up and burned with fire, so shall it be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send forth his angels and they will gather out of his kingdom all stumbling blocks and those who commit lawlessness and will throw them into the furnace of fire in that place where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father. He who has ears, let him hear. So if we're going to get inside that parable, we have a hard question that we've got to answer. Are you wheat or are you tares? Are you wheat or are you tares? Or in other words, have you been born again? Are you a Christian? And it looks just like this. We have got to settle up on what God is like and who God is. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, it's a promise, but have eternal life. For God did not send the son into the world to judge the world, but that the world might be saved through him. That's why Jesus came. You don't have to be a tear. You can be weak. We got a problem though. Something's broken inside of us. We have all sinned. I have, you have. And we've come short of the glory of God. So what's the answer to the problem? The answer to the problem is Jesus. The wages of sin is death. There are consequences. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus, our Lord. God demonstrates his own love toward you, toward me. And that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. The answer is to be born again. For by grace you've been saved through faith. Not the kind of faith, Frank, that you're trying to earn it. It is not of your own doing. It is the gift of God. It's not a result of works, so that no one may brag or boast. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave them the right to become children of God. Peter was asked this question about the issue of the coming judgment and wheat and tares and this gathering in the barn for the wheat, which would be heaven, and the judgment of hell for the tares. And they said, what do we do? What do we do? And Peter said to him, repent, change your mind, change your ways, change your mind, and each of you be baptized in the name of Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. It's not a cheap faith. It's belief. You must believe. This is something of the heart that cries out. It's something like saying, Lord, I know that I'm a sinner. Let's get honest. Let's hit the deck. <laughs> Let's fall at his feet. And I need your forgiveness. I repent of my sins and I turn to you. You can't be the rich young ruler and be all caught up in the world and yet still try to get your reservation in heaven. You can't do that. You've got to turn from your sins. I believe that Jesus died in my place to pay for the penalty of my sins. And that he rose from the dead. And I now invite Jesus to come into my life, into my heart, to be my Savior. Thank you for making me a child. What I want you to do, I want every head, would you bow your heads? We don't do this often. And I'm normally a heads up, eyes open kind of guy. See who's looking around.
I want you to deal with this. But I want you to get still and, and, and get quiet, please. And don't worry about the babies. I'm so glad they're here. I want them here. Are you wheat or are you tares? This is one story you can't miss. You can't miss this story. You can struggle and not get the story about the Syrophoenician woman. You can struggle maybe in that with understanding the man that was crippled. You can't miss this one. Are you wheat or are you tears? If you're not sure or you just know, yeah, there's no doubt you're tears, um, you're not born again, would you let this prayer be something that, that, that aches inside of you and you call out to God? Let's just take some time. Let's take some time and, and, and settle this, calling out to Christ to be born again. Father, thank you so much, everybody that's here. And I beg and I ask in the name of your Son that anybody here who realizes they were not born again, that they have prayed this from the depths of their heart, and you, you mysteriously stepped out of heaven and stepped inside of them, and they're born again. Father, please, over the person here that, that's on the mat and needs help, Lord, help him to ask. The person that's strong, strong faith, ready to grab a rope and start carrying their friends, to do it. To take their friends to, to you and not take their friends to self-medicate in some way. Grow and mature our faith, Father. <coughs> Thank you so much. In Jesus' name, amen. We're gonna, Stephen and the guys are gonna come and worship. I'm gonna be in the back. If you've given your heart to Christ, I want you to come get me and tell me about it, okay? We're going to talk about it, and we'll talk about baptism. I'm so grateful for all of you, your answers. It's beautiful. It's going to be good. Let's worship.